We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Thank you to Paul Plastino there. A little bit of a shout-out for uh, doing all the work and putting together that intro for us and uh, our creative team, too, that's put together that intro. I like it, us. eh? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, this is uh, now our third... Or is this our fourth podcast fourth. now? Wow. This is our fourth week in a row. We're... Uh, we're, you can count on us now. Hey, we're getting old, you know. Yeah, we're legit. Uh, you know, you can count on it, just like you can count on the first shot going in on the Canucks. <laughs> All right, that was mean. <laughs> that was mean, considering the Canucks are on a three-game winning streak. They're four and two. What a roller coaster this season has been so far. But right now, it's definitely on the up and up after three straight wins. We'll get into the win streak and everything, but I think right away we need to get into what's been talked about most in Canuckland and across the NHL, really. Elias Patterson, the best player on the Canucks already as a rookie, he's out for seven to ten days with concussion because of hit sustained in the game against the Florida Panthers, a game that was a win for the Canucks, a 3-2 win, really close. Uh, what did you see on the hit, Caleb? Uh, well, you know, I didn't mind the hit. I thought, like, it, what happened was Pedersen basically, you know, deke Matheson out of his jock strap. Matheson looked like he was just a little ticked off that that happened to him. Went to hit him into the boards. Patterson's back was turned to Matheson a little bit. Could have been a boarding call. Don't really think it was. Um, and then after the hit, he had his stick between Patterson's legs and he slammed him down onto the ice. And you could see Patterson's head bounce off the ice. Got up, was kind of woozy, fell back down. And then right then you knew that trouble in Canuck land for this super talented young star that everybody's so stoked on. And uh, it's I sad. thought it was dirty. It was a, it was a play that wasn't necessary. And the thing that pisses me off the most about it is no reaction by anybody else on the ice. Yeah. Here, we're going to get into this here. Cause this, I think this is this, this has so many layers to it, but right off the bat, the, the, the saddest thing is this kid's like on fire. Like he's leading the Canucks in points. He's leading rookies in points. And he goes down. You never want to lose your best player. That sucks. I know. Man, the night before, I had a couple at a bar with a buddy. <laughs> I made a $100 bet. $100 bet that Pedersen was going to finish top 10 in NHL scoring. <laughs> I was confident about it. I'm still confident about it if he, get, if he gets back in time because that's how good this kid is. He's truly a joy to watch. He makes pretty much everything about the Canucks that is not that good kind of just melt away when you watch it. It's so exciting, and to see him go down is just the most deflating thing. He's special. Like, when you see him play in the offensive end, he has, and I, and you know, it's tough to go and use these kind of, uh, this analogy, but he, I think he has, like, his vision of the ice is like Gretzky. Seriously, like yeah, he it's amazing. He can see plays before it happens. The things that he does out there to create plays is it's it's up there with the greatest players right now. The the thing about this guy is it doesn't matter who plays on his line, he's going to make his line mates better and that is so exciting, man, to have a Canuck like that on your team who is going to make other players around him better. It's it's so awesome. Yeah, and we knew that he was highly touted. I mean, he just won the MVP for the Swedish Elite League. Uh, but did we expect him to be this good this fast even? Well, I would say I kind of did. I mean, I I got chirped for picking him high in our fantasy draft. Uh, again, I'm making bets like that. I like. I really do think he's all world. Like, his playmaking ability is crazy. He reads the ice so well. And, like, there's something about that creativity that he has with the puck on his stick and even when he's looking to make a pass, like, man, he's just, he's got silky hands. And, like, if, barring anything, he's going to be one of the most exciting Canucks to watch, if the if not the most exciting Canuck to watch for a really, really long time. Yeah, people are saying he's the most exciting rookie since Pavel Bure, which is incredible to say because Brock Besser was leading the NHL in scoring for two months last year. I know, and and, you the, know? and the thing about, like, the thing about Pedersen is, 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 like he just does everything man he's good defensively him he's not even like it's hard to compare him to a guy like Pavel Burry because Pavel Burry was just like he could skate so fast and he was kind of ahead of his time for that style of player but the excitement whereas, that's what yeah, I think people yeah are yeah, yeah 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 
but like Patterson is just a totally different cat and he's so fun to watch, man. I can't wait till they figure out who they're going to play with him all year. I like his chemistry with Goldobin, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see some different guys slot in and out of that line just to see who he really gels with. Well, you know Basser's going to get a chance there. Yeah, you know 100%. That. You know that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 he's, we could gush this entire podcast about Elias Patterson. Uh, let's get into the other layers of that hit, though. So after the hit, a lot of people in Canuckland, including yourself, are screaming because of the lack of action by the Vancouver Canucks. Where I mean, this has also sparked a debate in hockey about retribution and what's what like what players should do in situations like this. How do you see it? Because there's a lot of layers to this. Well, like I, I think what was what happened with the guys on the ice. I think that's bullshit. You know, like and people can say, well, the four other Canucks on the ice didn't see it at the time. I'm not buying that. I, I like if you watch the replay, Goldoman did a flyby like pretty much right before the hit happened. If you look at the goaltender's eyes on the ice when uh, Pedersen is down, it's like a straight view from where Stetcher is on the ice, from where Louis is. I'm not like I'm just not buying the fact that nobody saw it. I think the problem here is you got Pouliot, Stetcher, Louis Erickson, and Goldobin on the ice, and those aren't the types of guys who are going to incite much of a reaction when something like this happens. I think it's a lesson for those guys, and I think you know basically. Travis Green did the right thing after the game by saying he thought it was a dirty hit. He he didn't go out of his way to lambaste anybody, the media or anything. And he, he didn't lambaste his players for not reacting. He said, you know, um, it's a good thing we won the game. And that's a good thing to say to the media. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that in that locker room after that game, guys got called out for not doing anything. And, and the difference is now, like in today's NHL, nobody's expecting a guy to go out there and, and try and get retribution a couple minutes after or follow a guy around and try and fight him. You can't do that anymore, you know? And it, Canucks should be very aware of this path that a, a player can go down because of what's happened in the past, right? So if you're gonna if you're gonna react, you need to react the moment it happens and it doesn't necessarily need mean you have to shed them. You just have to get in there and do something to show that you're standing up for, for your teammate. Okay, so here's uh, Erica Branson asked about the Canucks' lack of response because, boy, did they hear about it in the media. Let's As hear, they deserve to. Yeah, and here's what Eric Branson had to say. Once the whistle went, we saw him down in the corner. It was, you know, it was a tough sight to see, obviously, but um, it's, it's hard to react at that point in time in, in the game. It's late in the game, up 3-2, um, you know, but, uh, you know, we play him again. So there you go. Eric Branson saying he did see it. Uh, the players on the ice maybe didn't see it because there were, a f- I think I saw a few quotes out there that people on the ice didn't know what was going on. Uh, you don't buy that. I don't buy that, man. I don't buy that for a second. I think it's just the dudes on the ice that were on there at the time aren't the kind of guys that you depend on to do something. But like, skate over there, man. There the some guy flukes. is down on the ice. Like, Go and check on them. Do something. Unfortunately, right? there's some floofs on the ice. Yeah, like, like, seriously. Like, let's let's go through who were on the ice at that point. Louis Erickson was on the ice. Yeah. Uh, Nikolai Goldobin yeah. was on the ice. Uh, Troy Stetcher on the ice. And I think, was, was it Alex Edler? It, it was Derek Pouliot. Oh, Derek Pouliot. Okay, yeah. even worse. <laughs> like, that... And, and, and this, I think, brings up the argument of... Maybe it's, you should play Pedersen with somebody who has got a little more, little more bite to his game, a little more jam to his game. Guy doesn't need to be a plug by any means, but somebody who runs a little hot. Jake Vertanen in that game, he was running hot, man. He was throwing hits. He was taking hits. He's got skill. I would love to see Jake on that line instead of a guy like Louis Erickson. This is Louis still doesn't have a goal, you know. He's he's had a, a decent look on that line. I think you can change it and throw a guy like Jake out there who in my opinion, would probably come to the aid of his teammate if something like that were to happen. I don't think Green is the kind of guy who's going to be like, Jake, this is your role. This is what you need to do. But I think if he threw him on a line with Pedersen and just said nothing, you would see Jake kind of figure it out. 
uh, this also to me, there's a question here. Where does the NHL have to like? What what does does this is this one of those moments where you're like, okay, the NHL is where it is. The enforcer is out of the game. There's an instigator rule. Is this on the NHL to you know police, not the players on the ice? I think that's a fundamental question as well, right? I think good, as, as long as you're playing a game where guys are skating with knives on their feet and a stick in their hand, the players need to still police the game somewhat. And right? I and I agree with you. I think it's twofold. It's on both the league and it's on the players. I would have liked to see something. Uh, maybe the players on the ice didn't see it happen. You, you're not buying that. Uh, uh, Gabranson, would you... It was a close game. Are you buying Gabranson's comments on how they were out there to win the game? They didn't want to have to go in there, take an instigator rule, whatever, put themselves in a spot where they might not win that game. Well, like I said, I think if, if, if something like that happens, you need to react immediately. Because this is bigger than you hockey, can't, you right? Can't, this is bigger than the two points. Yeah, I understand it's bigger than the two points, but you can't, after that, go seeking retribution f- for a hit. You know, that's the type of thing that's going to get you in trouble. As soon as it happens, you need to act. Canucks drop the ball there. They got the two points, which is good. The ref also dropped the ball. The ref was standing right there. I think it was St. Laurent standing right there, and he didn't make the call. Right, and then the, and then obviously he got it wrong because when the NHL reviews it, Matheson gets two games, so that's a that's a drop ball on 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 Saint Laurent, right? Yeah. So after the game, uh, I think it was a couple of days after, maybe at practice the next day. I thought Travis Green had maybe his best moment as a Canuck, like his 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 response to the media, the questions, how he because it's a sticky situation. So he doesn't mm-hmm. want to throw his team under the bus. Yeah. He doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. He wants to show that he's pissed off still because that's, his, you know, this is his best player. Of course he's pissed off. So anyway, I'll let him speak. Here's uh, here's Travis Green talking to media um, the next day at uh, after practice. You know, we lost a bright young player to an injury that I don't think um, was necessary. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm pissed off right now still talking about it and yet composure is part of coaching and it's part of playing. Um, as far as I know with Canucks fans and I understand it, uh, the reaction after the hit, uh, I will say that I didn't know what happened and none of the players on the ice knew, none of the players on the bench knew what happened and you know in the game of hockey there are there are times when there's reactions to hits and two guys occasionally fight. Fighting's legal in the NHL. And that wasn't the case on that play. No one knew what happened. I still was trying to get it on my iPad to see what happened. And we score the next shift to take the lead. Uh, and our team wins a hockey game and plays to win down the stretch. And I do understand Canuck fans wondering and I've been in the league a long time and I understand that part of the game extremely well and when I played there was it was a lot different Uh, and I have said and I stand by that I want our team to be hard to play against I do winning teams are hard to play against and by hard to play against that means many things that means playing fast That means making good puck decisions, winning puck battles. For me, you know, hard to play against is a burning desire to win that comes from your group. And I want our group to stick up for each other and stick together. And that's what winning cultures have. And I want that in our group. Uh, And like I said, I'm, I'm as mad as many fans about this with what happened, but I do stick by what happened the other night and as far as retribution or anything like that I am not going to comment on that whatsoever so do not bother asking me we weren't going to get the uh, Mark Crawford you know the we get no call we get no call uh, dude you know? and, and I mean as we shouldn't we shouldn't get like could you imagine how Tortorella would have reacted to this whole thing he would have he would have called out the locker room in front of the media, which is an automatic minus, mm-hmm. you know, that may, all, all that does is make him look like an asshole to the team. He would have called out the NHL, you know, like there's a lot of things that coaches could do wrong here. And 
in my opinion, I think Green nailed it. Like I and you have to look at optics here because he does he basically gets in front and he says nobody saw it. I'm not buying that <laughs> at all. Yeah. But that's what a good coach does for that team. He doesn't throw any anybody under the bus. He just go comes out and says, "Hey, nobody saw it." Next time, we're going to be tougher. We got a good culture here. Playing tough isn't gooning people up. It isn't doing all this, you know, kind of stuff. Green, he even, you know, kind of gives himself a bit of credit with when he played the game. You know, he was a third line, fourth line guy. He's seen all this stuff. So that just lends his his coaching in this situation a little more credibility. I, I'm very, very happy with how he handled this in the aftermath. I'm still not happy with how the Canucks handled it immediately on the ice but at the end of the day I think they learned something from this experience yeah and that's that's where we're going to go with this next thing do you buy that the rest of the NHL is paying attention to the way the Canucks responded or didn't respond to that hit no I'm I'm not I'm not I it 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 became news and it became a thing where you know probably some players and people saw it but when it initially happened all those guys are traveling they're doing all their own sorts of stuff they got their own stuff to worry about i don't get i i'm sorry like i i don't understand canucks nation piping up about that because you see these types of plays in the nhl all the time Pedersen got hurt that really sucks you know a precedent has now been set by the nhl with there's two game suspension for this which is a good thing that was gonna be where i was gonna go next with it you know and and uh, basically now everybody's moving forward. But no, I don't think like the Pittsburgh Penguins are waiting to see. And, oh, they're soft. Let's take advantage of Besser next. You know, like licking their chops. I, I'm not buying that at all. Yeah, because Jeff Patterson immediately the next day when they were in Pittsburgh, right? Because he's traveling with the team. Yeah, he went and asked the Pittsburgh Penguins players, uh, "Did you see what happened to Brock Besser? Uh, is this does this change the way you play the Canucks? Because yeah. of, or sorry, did you see what happened to Elias Pettersson? Yeah, and I guess Brock Besser last year. Uh, is this going to change the way you play against the Canucks? And they were like, uh, "We have no idea what happened." Yeah. You know, you know. And, and and let's get one thing clear here: like as a fan base, we're really, really, really sensitive about this stuff, and we have been sensitive about this stuff basically since Steve Moore hit Naslin, right? That happened. We've seen the Sedins take tons of abuse in the Stanley Cup run. We saw Keith elbow Daniel in the face. We saw Kadri two seasons ago elbow Daniel in, in, in the face in a blindside hit, right? Like Canucks fans are very, very, very sensitive about this stuff because of the lack of calls that we've gotten. Fair or not fair, that's in the past, but that is ingrained in the DNA of this fan base. And and then we have a GM who says we bring these like, you know, these grinders, so to speak, that he's brought in in free agency saying that they are brought in to create leadership. They're brought in to make to make their team tougher to play against yeah. because these guys have sandpaper, right? Mm-hmm. These are the guys that uh, will stick up for their teammates, and yep. then they don't. And then when you watch a game like that, you're like, well, where the hell are those guys when shit hits the fan like they're, it did? They're not on the ice, though. You can't, like, honestly, you can't react to that hit later on in that game you have to take care of it at the moment it happens that's that's honestly the way the nhl is now that's why ryan miller jumped i can't remember who it was it's a couple of years ago yeah and there was a hit on stetcher yeah. and then ryan miller didn't like it and he jumped him yeah remember exactly that? yeah and, and that's that, what you need to do every yeah. single player on this team needs to do that you can't say oh that's a job for Roussel or oh that's a job for good branson or schaller or any of these guys who were brought in to to fight which by the way they weren't they were brought in as good checkers, grinders, depth in the bottom six. They weren't brought in to fight. Yeah. For me, that was when Ryan Miller won me over. Oh, when when he he's... when he went and, you know, defended Troy Stetcher's honor, who he barely knew the kid, you know, yeah, on his team. I mean, I you could know? honestly make a whole podcast about why I like Ryan Miller, but <laughs> we could use him today. Yeah. Um Okay, the NHL's response. Quick, swift, two games. Are you happy with that? Yep. I also was happy with that. I was actually shocked that there was any games at all. You know, there's like, I would say maybe half of people that I follow on Twitter around the NHL that didn't even think that was a penalty, didn't deserve anything. 
you heard that as well, right? There's this like I don't know if it's an old school or what it is, but there was a well, like Brad May was tweeting out that he thought that didn't even deserve a penalty. Yeah, but I mean, and then you got a guy like Kiprios, right, who loves stirring the pot, and he comes in and he goes, "Well, I, I didn't mind the hit at all. I didn't even think it was a penalty." And it's like, dude, it wasn't the hit. Yeah, it's not the hit. It was the follow through. It's the choke slam. slam. <laughs> it's it's the Kane Undertaker WWE choke slam that the guy bounces his head off the ice for. But you know what? I, I think the two games, it's better than nothing. I think anything above that to a guy who isn't a repeat offender is a little bit harsh. And at the end of the day, that's not even what the Canucks are mad. The Canucks and Canucks fans are mad about. It's it's the lack of of reaction at the moment it happened. Yeah. So yeah, two games is fine. But I'm I'm also in the camp that the NHL has to protect its players, its star players like that. And that was a that was an obvious moment where he embarrassed Matheson. Yeah. And then on the next play, he wanted to exact some revenge. And quite frankly, it's yes, the NH. I agree that the Canucks should have jumped in right on the spot right there. But I also agree that the NHL can't allow that to happen because well, that does set a precedent. But, but that's there. why that's why yeah. you got the two game suspension. And I think yeah. that's fine. Yeah, and he also apologized to uh, Patterson. Did you yeah. see that today? Yeah, and you yeah. know what, man? Come January 13th when they play the Panthers again, he's probably going to have to shed him. Yeah, he, you know, he will. he's probably going to have to shed him against a guy like Goodbranton. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but he's probably going to have to answer the bell for it. Let's be honest. That's just that's the way she goes. Right? Maybe Patterson will be soft on him because they were former teammates. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's move on from Patterson because seriously, we could have a whole podcast talking about Patterson and that hit. Um, we're moving on now. Hopefully, you know, it is just seven to ten days for a concussion, and he comes back and you know it's the same player. That's well, that's yeah. What we know, I mean, right? I. <sighs> Concussions are so weird, dude. Like yeah. I've I've had my fair share myself, and every one you get, like the, the more you get them, the worse it gets. And uh, like I don't wish a concussion on anybody, not even my worst enemy. And you never know. Like so, I mean, it, Thatcher it, Demko went down yeah. over a month ago, and he's still in concussion protocol, I'll, I'll, right? Yeah. You don't know. And and yeah. little things can cause them. You know, it's not just a hit to the head. You get hit in the body in a weird way. And your body just jolts or your head snaps back or something like that. And you can get a concussion without even banging your head into anything. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the kid will be better. Uh, there's lots of good things to talk about the Canucks, though. They've won three games in a row. I mean, uh, the first that game against Florida. And then they played against... Was it Tampa? No, it was before, Tampa Yeah, first. Tampa was before Florida. That yeah. was a strong win. Who saw that coming? I mean, that game for me was... It was like... That was the dream. You had Pedersen scoring, even though it was an ugly goal, whatever. And then you had Brock Besser scoring the game winner. And I was just like, this this is the future for the Canucks. You know, this is what I love to see. So should we talk about how we were a little hard on this team a week ago when we were talking about the rest of this road trip? Well, we were, I was. I was. Well, we kind of yeah. we both were, right? Like, I was, I was riding Nilsson pretty hard, you know? And it was after Marky let two straight first shot goals in two games. Yeah. Nielsen comes out in Tampa, and he is amazing. He's the only reason in the first period why we're even in that game going into the second. I got to give you credit because you said you would have started Nielsen in that game. I mean, not for the reason that you thought he was going to be good. You just thought that was a game. He's going to go in. They're automatically going to lose. Let's move on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, like, you got to give him credit for standing up, playing really, really well in that game. Patterson looked amazing. Canucks really buckled down in the second half of that game, and they deserved that win. You know, that wasn't a win that they, they you could say they stole. They grinded that win out. Against a strong Tampa Bay team. Yeah. I know Tampa hasn't, like, been lights on fire to start this season or anything, and it was really, I think it was Tampa's only second game mm -hmm. that year. But, I mean, good good job by the Canucks but to, like, you know, and, bounce back. And also, like, how about the penalty kill, right? Like, the penalty kill in that game was fantastic. Penalty kill against Florida has been fantastic. Yesterday, again, with Pittsburgh, it's been fantastic. And, like, losing a guy, like, we haven't even talked about losing Beagle. But losing Beagle... That's, that's also on my list to get to here. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, but, like, cannot, the, the penalty kill has been great in these last few games. There's a lot of things to be excited for. I we, we also mentioned that last season, at the beginning of the season, Canucks had a, a pretty good record over the first time. They weren't on the road on uh, through a swing like this, through a bit of a meat grinder swing. But Dude, like, this is one of the toughest uh, starts to a season. Yeah. I, I, I think any team in the league, in, in the NHL, has this so, year. So would you ask yourself, are you officially excited or are you still tempering it? 
I mean, I wasn't going to get into that till later in this podcast, but of course, <laughs> I'm tempering it because, I mean, last year the Canucks started pretty hot too. I feel like the year before they've started hot. Yeah. This isn't the first time this team has started hot. I mean, I, I just love that this team has players that you can really get behind and root for. Now, yeah, yeah, you know? I agree. And that's, to me, that's really what I want to see, you know? And if they're competitive this year, that is fantastic. And, you know, they have some players who can make them competitive that p- can play at a really high level. Yeah. So, to me, that's fantastic. Yeah. I got to say, man, I am excited. I'm not, you know, planning a parade route. I'm not even making playoff predictions. But or you're anything, making $100 bets. Anything like that. But I'm very, very excited. And, yes, that $100 <laughs> bet was, was after a couple. But, yeah, I like, I do think Pedersen is that good of a player. Um. One of the good things that have happened during this three-game win streak, which neither you and I uh, predicted, I don't think anybody predicted. The well, play- I said, I said <laughs> you said they'd win one. No, Yeah, right? I said they'd win one yeah. for the rest of the, and, the, rest and of the road said, trip. I said winning two is very good, and they won three in a row. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, that's insane. And you know what? The game that I thought they were going to win was Pittsburgh. Because I feel like they have something on yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Besser, like, Besser just ruins Matt Murray's life, and he didn't even play, and he still scored the game winner. I wonder if Matt Murray was like, you know what? I'm going against Besser. Let's let's just sit me for this game. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Especially after his comments last year. Oh, I wonder if, uh, yeah, I wonder if Matt Murray thought uh, Brock Besser's game winner there uh, on Tuesday afternoon tuesday night there was a fluke or not i wonder yeah. i wonder yeah 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 pound sand matt murray if you're <laughs> listening <laughs> yeah of course he had those uh you know it was it was early on in besser's like when he, well i don't know if it was early on but besser was on a serious streak at that time and matt murray was like asked about and was like yeah i thought the goals were uh you know flukes that's yeah. a, that's basically what he yeah. said right it was kind of before yeah. the all-star game yeah when it happened yeah yeah so that's that's cool and i think i think besser owns the penguins i i tweeted that out actually besser owns the penguins uh but one of these one what has happened which is n- n- i mean yes the wins not neither of us could predicted that a three-game win streak against these these teams on the road. But the play of Anders Nilsson, who has now started three games in a row, are you cool with him starting three games in a row like that? Yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah, I'm okay with it as long as he's winning, right? The uh, first the first goal on the first shot yesterday, yeah, tough. Yeah. I swore. Like, I had the DV, I was just like, oh, not again. Like, three games this year already. It was a softy, too. Yeah. Yeah. He wishes he had it back. Yeah. He wishes he had it back. But other than that, man, lights out. Like, very, very good goaltending. Um... Corey Hirsch, who's a goaltender, yeah, he's the color commentary for the Canucks on uh, uh, 690 for yeah. Sportsnet. He tweeted out 650, 650. Sorry, yeah. um, there's always he, this is his tweet. His tweet. There's all there always comes a point in a player's career where either they figure out what works to play consistently well, or they never do. Anders Nilsson looks like he's finally figured it out. Too early. <laughs> Too early, man. <laughs> this this guy, like, Nielsen, man, he's just Jekyll and Hyde. And it's, a, a big part of it is with goaltenders, as, as always, is confidence. And the, and the thing about Nielsen is he's so big, but he plays far back in his net. He doesn't play like a big goalie out there. Like, he's... When do you see that guy come to the top of the circle? I mean, to the top of the crease? rarely ever he he kind of plays like a style like Henrik Lundqvist plays I do recall you calling him he was the smallest biggest goalie that you've ever seen yeah yeah the the biggest smallest goalie <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen yeah. just like, like and I mean I, I can't be ripping on him too hard here after he's just rattled off three games straight and you know what if I was green I'd play him in the next game as well to be honest I'd, I'd play him against the Jets tomorrow that's gonna be a huge test by the way against the Jets tomorrow for, for Nilly if he does get the start. Well, I mean, it's the Jets. It's going to yeah. be a big test. I mean, for me, I think the Jets are maybe the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I mean... They're up there. They're, yeah. they're up there for me, too. And you know what? Nilsson has a history of playing well in October. Remember yeah. last year, he yeah. was lights out for the Canucks as well. He had shutouts in two of his first three games. He finished that month with a 943 save percentage. Coincidentally, the exact same percentage that he has right now. I saw a statistic today that said like if Nielsen gives up a goal in the first five minutes 
like they lose. But if he holds out after the first five minutes, he he usually wins the game. And I and I was like, well, this is an interesting statistic. But I'm also wondering to how many other goalies in the NHL does this statistic like that apply? You know, yeah, I, a lot, I, I a think lot, you, I think you could put yeah. that out there for a lot of them. You know, yeah, so I don't think Nilsson's a special case in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Nilsson, last year, of course, didn't go as planned. He played 27 games. He finished with a 901 save percentage. So we've seen this before. He's played well in October. Uh, December last year was terrible for him. He had an 871 mm-hmm. save percentage and a 516 goals against average. So you know what? We can't. We can't get to like. Yeah, you know, we're not. We're not going to say that the one of the Canucks' strengths is goaltending. No. I don't think we're going to be saying that at all this entire year. Um, this also I think is good for. Jacob Markstrom, who knows he can't go in there and just throw up a lay, lay an egg and just expect to get the next start, right? Yeah, 100%. He needs a kick in the pants, especially for for what happened early on this season. And I I think Markstrom is a guy who who will gradually improve through this throughout the season, but interesting interesting to see what's going to happen here in the net. Yeah, and he's probably going to get the next start. You would you you think that, right? Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd start him. I Why not? He, I think he has to. Yeah. Um other things that have happened here in the last 3 games, um this is full credit to you as well. The Canucks got their first goal from a defenseman this year. Uh Ben Hutton scoring uh the first goal. Yeah, was it the first goal for the you betcha. against the Penguins uh last game? He could even had another goal. He hit the post as yeah. well. It was his first goal in 71 games. He had zero goals last year uh, in 66 games, I think it was, or something like that that he played last year. Yeah. Uh, ben Hutton looked good last year. He you mean or, last sorry, night? Sorry, looked good last night yeah. for the first time in a while, Yeah, I think. Well, I, I didn't mind his game in the preseason. Mind I, you, he was also responsible for... The tying goal, but at the same time, you can't put all of that on Hutton. No, Mel, it's on Jake Vertanen. Mel, well, too. Vertanen came around yeah. at a, at a point in the game where you should just eat the puck in your own end, right? Yeah. Like you need to be a little aware of the situation. I mean, eat the puck in the offensive end. You need to be a little aware of the situation, the score, and everything like that. If you stopped in behind the net or even reversed the puck behind the net, you well, know they wouldn't have scored. But all I'm got, saying is Hutton can't what, pinch like what, he did there. Right? What you have yeah. to give credit to though is. Hutton got a piece of that, and Malkin played, made an amazing play on the boards. Malkin made a play that like a few guys in the NHL could do. He squeezed the puck off, and then that was that. Branson got completely undressed on the other side, trying to take away the pass, and Penguins tie the game. But, man, like I called Hutton scoring the first goal on October 1st this season. I think Hutton has a really good wrist shot. I think my, I think I said uh, Alex Edler that a puck would go off someone's ass and go yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That is what he said. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think Ben Hutton has a really good wrist shot. You know, his clapper is kind of middle of the road, but if he can sneak in there, if he can sneak into the like close to the hash marks when it's a bit of a softer play and get that wrist shot off. I think he's going to score more. I thought, and he's good at skating the puck out of his own zone, man. Like, he knows how to do that. Yeah. It's The only thing about him is that maybe that first step needs to get a little quicker on that first step. But, like, when he has possession and when he has confidence, which is huge for him, you know? like I mean, it's huge for any You tell player, me Del yeah. Zotto is going to slot back into this lineup. Is Del Zotto better than any of these guys right now? Can you can you say that? Uh, no. Can no. you, can you no. say that Del Zotto is... Like, is he worth even taking another look at from what we saw well, last year? Well, let's be let's be honest. To this, these younger there's guys? gonna there's gonna be injuries. You need oh, depth 100%. like that. You need depth like that. You need depth like that for yeah. sure. But like, would you throw him back in if if Hutton maybe has a bad game? Maybe just as a lesson to Hutton? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, this guy's had uh a history of uh you know, poor play over stretches. Of course, if that happens, you're gonna probably well, I mean, Del Sato had kick a in the ass. poor play over stretch for pretty much the entire season last year, except for the first month. Yeah, no, it's true. You know? It's true, but that's what you have over these players, right? That you can take them out of the lineup. Yeah, and and, yeah. and full marks, again, to, to a guy like Green for seeing that and taking this vet out of the lineup and giving Huddy a chance to come in here and, and show he's got game still. I, I think that's wonderful, you know? And, and if a guy does go down, knock on wood, you know, like – MDZ isn't your only call up. I think I think you Levy should get a shot too. He's playing well down in Utica, and you know, like I'd argue already that he's probably a better player than Del Zotto. Oh man, Del Zotto taking it on the uh, ass here. Uh, 
Taking it on the ass? Just taking it. From, <laughs> just taking it from behind here. <laughs> He's taking it from behind oh, okay. here. He's taking it from behind here. Um, you know, this is also maybe, you know, in his next start, if he ever gets one here, well, he's going to get one. He's maybe he plays lights out because he's a guy that's supposed to bring offense from the back end. He yeah. is, right? Well, that's kind of what people people took a flyer out on him. By the way, like this Gagne signing and this Del Zotto signing, like all these signings that they brought in for for like a little bit of depth last year. It doesn't bug me at all that a guy like Gagne's in Toronto, playing for the Toronto Marlies. It doesn't bug me at all. That Michael Del Zotto's out of this lineup, you know, for the people that are like, oh, look at all that money that they spend on these guys. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, come next year, the Canucks are going to have more than enough money to to re-sign a guy like Brock. There's no issue here. Okay. Uh, Here's a thought that I had over the last couple of days or so. And I understand it was Quinn Hughes' choice and and the decision from the organization to send him back to college. And maybe it's the right one, but I, I can't get, I can't, I can't cut this feeling in my head that I kind of would love to have him like grow up with this team right now and oh. be there right now. Well, you, every, are you with me? Are you I with think me? everybody would like to. I don't there, know. There's, there's a lot of people that were like, good, send him back to college. You don't need him this year. You know, you don't, he's not, he needs to be more, get more mature, whatever, grow into his body. Uh, <sighs> the Canucks can have another top draft choice this year I, right i'm not i'm not into that at all i wanted hughes to play this year i think though the only the, the smartest thing about that is a gesture of like goodwill towards hughes i think quinn wanted to go back to michigan and try and win a national championship you know like he was at that level he thought his team was good enough and that's another year of development another year of education another year of just honing your skills on ice in practice right like those college teams are on the ice seven days a week. You know, they're not traveling around like people in the CHL. They get a lot of time to learn systems and become better pros coming out of the college route than you could say in, in the C. And it's Michigan and there's, you know, there's first Dude, class. Dude, Will Lockwood's on that team Yeah, too, there's, right? there's first class everything there yeah. at, at that university. Go blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, I just can't help but think that. Like, when I look at the back end, uh, I was like, can we just have, like, because right? this guy's going to be, like, first our, first, lo- first yeah. unit power play. Yeah, he's going right? to be our Duncan Keith. He's going to be yeah. our Drew Doughty. You know, he's going to be that yeah. guy. And I just kind of wish that he was here growing up when, with this young team right now. When you think you know? of that umbrella, that potential umbrella on the power play of, you know, Quinn Hughes is your pivot up top. And then Pedersen on the right side and Besser on the left side. That that like three point umbrella right there to run that PP is amazing. Like that already is just that, I'm salivating. Oh, I, I I would I would love to see it. I'm salivating yeah. at that. Um, let's stick with the you know a, a player that also played college who got called up because Jake Beagle. This kind of sucks. Out six to four weeks, uh, he blocked a shot against in the florida game i think it was mike Mike hoffman yeah Yeah. so when it appears he like broke his forearm in that game so jb go out uh four to six weeks but it does mean that uh other players you know gonna gonna get more ice time adam godet got called up yeah i guess adam godet got called up because patterson was down right is it was that the reason i think it's both yeah Yeah, like i mean when you when you look at it you're like okay well i can slot granlin into a center role in the bottom six and i can take a legitimate look at a guy like godet now godet didn't get too much ice time i think uh, it was just over eight minutes yeah in the game against pittsburgh uh what do you read into that uh for godet where do you see him at his uh you know his level of play and where his his development is right now well, I mean, like, I think it's better for that guy to probably log more minutes down in Utica, but, like, he looked pretty good last night when he was given opportunities. He was decent in the dot. You know, he had one really nice individual effort right up the ice, and he got a backhander off, which uh, the the Pittsburgh goaltender stopped. But, like... Dis- Casey DeSmith. DeSmith, like- yeah. I wanted to say DeMillo. I don't know why. Um, Someone texted me, who's this Pittsburgh goalie? Yeah. And I'm like, DeSmith? Never heard of him. <laughs> but um, I, I I like, I've always liked Godet's game. I like that he isn't scared to hit. He's a big body, you know, and if that guy could turn into like a, a potential third line center 
second line center in the future that's amazing right like what are you what are are your expectations for him because here's a guy who won the hobie baker award like this guy's pretty highly touted as well well everybody's like already trying to compare him to a guy like kessler right like when kessler was playing really really well i i don't know if that's gonna happen man like that's a huge ask for a player to have the skill that a guy like kessler had be as feisty and as much of a prick right and be an absolute beast down low you know Goddard's game like he do you see that in his game though i see like i see fire in his game i see like fire in the guy in the in the player himself that like you can tell when he's out there he wants to make something happen it's just getting used to the speed of the game he's doing a lot of things that like guys who are making the jump need to remember like he's not moving his feet as much as he probably should he needs to skate up and down the ice and play it that way that when you when the puck when the puck goes the other way you can't do your little curl flyby loop you got to stop and you got to go the other way right and that's why the shifts are so short in the nhl you're bag skating every time you're out there that's a that's a lesson like some other guys are still learning on the team right like he's not the only one who's guilty of it of course not um but yeah, I I like Godet's game. Yeah, do you think he's going to be a regular on the Canucks at some point soon? Hell yeah, 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 for sure. What about you? Yeah, I do, and I see him, and I I mean I when I when I first heard about him and watched him a little bit, I'm like, you know what? This would be sweet if this guy could be like a second line center. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be a second line center. I hope so. And I like I like his length. I like the length. Yeah, like, dude. You know, like I like this his stick length, his size. All that stuff. So he's I, noticeable when he's yeah, out on the he ice. He is noticeable, yeah. and I'm like, this guy's not just a, you know just another player. I think he can be a, a solid contributor to this team, and I really hope that he's part of it. Yeah, it like, I mean, if he turns into the player that everybody wants him to turn into, or even remotely the player, having a punch of Horvat, Pedersen, and Gaudet down the middle, that's nice. Yeah, you know. And then whether that's Sutter, Beagle, Granlin, or whoever is playing utility. That's that's good too. I, I have no issue with that. Like like I said, and I've said it a few times. I think this team is deeper this year. I really do. You know, getting a guy like Maud in there who's missing games coming into games, that's fine. Getting a guy, a guy like Leipzig who's coming in and out of the top six, that's fine. Like having these guys that you you don't have to worry about if they're missing games and that can come in and that you know can play. Whereas you know, a couple of years ago when you're you were so depleted you had a guy like jack skilly come in and you're just like dude this isn't good enough you know like i like the depth here and i especially like the depth in the bottom six tim Schaller, he had his best oh, game as man. a canuck i think against pittsburgh right yeah you say yeah 100 percent. and i think what? he was credited for seven hits in that game too talk about a big guy who can skate that guy is deceptive, man. Like you look at him and you're like, oh, no big deal. And then he he gets the engine going and he can fly out there. He can skate. Yeah, I like his game. He brings some sandpaper down there and he can be good along the boards, which I kind of like. Yeah. Right. Good forecheck. Yeah. And and he's like he's a very just meat and potatoes hockey player. He gets the puck off the boards. He brings it out to the front of the net and tries to make a play. Yeah. You can't ask for you, you can ask for a million guys like that on your team. Guys who do that, even if it goes off a pad or whatever, like somebody's gonna clean up the garbage. And I like that about Schaller. He's he's playing well. Jake for ten and getting some minutes out there during like crunch time, like when they need to defend. Have you you've noticed that Travis yeah. Green has been throwing him out there? Yeah. I mean that's kind of good, right? For yeah. him anyway. I like Jake. I, I I like Jake's development. I want to do more shotgun Jakes. Any chance that that guy has to score. And I have a chance to shotgun a beer. I'm all for. Okay, so I know I was watching the game, obviously, when Shorthouse, and I couldn't believe it. I nearly spat out my food that I was eating when he said shotgun Jake. Where did that come from? I think it was Helford in, in Broth on, on uh, TSN 1040. I was think it? they brought it up. One of those guys was like, oh, Vertanen's going to score 20 or 25 or something like that. Yeah. And, and it became a thing, and then right away, like, Guys started doing shotguns, and then it just spread like wildfire. Yeah, I, I love it. I wasn't sure where that came from. I just I laughed out loud when uh, Shorty brought I, it up on the broadcast. I absolutely love the fact that when a team is shitty, fans get creative. Like the Buffalo Bills Mafia, that team has been shitty for so long. And at some point, people were like, 
our team is so shitty. Let's just put each other through tables when something <laughs> happens, right? Yeah. We're not doing that, but like shotgun and a beer when one of your prospects who you're just hoping pans out to be that power forward every time he scores, I think that gives Vertanen a boost. He's aware of it, right? Like, I think he's like, man, I want to score even more now. So this fan base gets unified by shotgun and beers for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. I like it. I do. I enjoy it. I wrote it into a promo today. This team needs... <laughs> I wrote it into our Christmas craft beer show promo. <laughs> this team needs things. And quite frankly, if you're, you know, something like that, even if it's as sad as the Bills Mafia, that's, that's good. Dude, that's like, good. okay, th- think about this, right? Like, we've gone through some pretty dark days the last few years for this team. How, like, how much happier are you? How happier, happier, there it is are you this season than you've been in so long like watching it slowly kind of come together well, i mean i tell you i was exciting players play the game yeah well i mean i was happy with brock when brock bester came on board last year and he was going through his run i was like man this gives me a reason to get excited and run with this team but like are you even feeling it more this year yeah yeah it's so it dude it's such a good feeling let's just hope Patterson can come back and oh, continue man. this. Yeah, this run. I agree. You know what I mean? That's what we need. We need it badly. Uh, I think the kid is a strong, tough-minded kid. He's going to get back in there. But I even for how bad and how dark that felt, there's still reasons to be optimistic about these guys. And I know we're riding a three, three-game win streak here for sure. Yeah, we've but really been up and down that, on this podcast. That, that aside, <laughs> it's very, it's very nice to just see pieces come together that's what i was hoping to avoid up and down on this podcast uh bo horvat he's played really well over the last few games as oh, well man. just silently quietly going about his business doing his thing right i think i think birchy you can give birchy a lot of credit for that too man that guy has been everywhere on the ice when he's out there he's probably skating the most miles out of any guy on that team he's a lot better on the forecheck this year than i've seen him in previous years he's stronger on the puck that play he made to uh, Horvat to score that game winner in Florida was beautiful. That was a nice play. I, I really thought Sven Berchi and uh, Bo Horvat really, like, they gelled well last year until mm-hmm. that injury that mm-hmm. Berchi had just kind of derailed his season and maybe even Canucks season because, I mean, Horvat was out at times as well and Berchi was out at yeah. times. So uh, I thought that. I thought that Berchi has more to show than what he showed last year. And I agree. And a lot of people were talking about potentially getting rid of him. But, like, I mean, like, when a player's quiet like that, when you have quiet players like Berchi and Granlin, like, unassuming type players, it, it's not that they don't want to win. It's just that they show their emotions dif- differently. And both those guys are gamers, man. They, they are. Like, it's such a weird thing that I'm heaping as much praise on a guy like Granlin, but like every time he's out there, he makes smart play. Marcus Granlin, like he's a guy that I haven't noticed much this year. I mean, I think that's a good thing though, with where he is in the lineup and where he's been out there. Right. He's, he's killing, he's doing so well in his own end and he's helping out his D men. And that's the thing is that these guys are helping out their D men so much that you're not noticing these big defensive breakdowns in their own end. And that's huge making that transition to center last game that's a big deal for him and the Canucks didn't miss a step in their own end their breakouts are cleaner like yeah I mean breakouts is still an issue with this team and it's going to be all year until Quinn Hughes gets there but that line was the best line for breakouts last game right like Schaller Granlin Mott they got out of their zone pretty cleanly almost every time that's the reason why Schaller got two points yeah uh Louis Erickson like he hasn't scored yet this year What's going to happen with this guy? Like, he's getting some pretty big minutes. He's out there. I see him making some plays this year. He's not, like, a liability out there, which is nice. Um, Like, what is it going to take, though, to get this guy going? I don't know if this guy is going to get going. But my... What I would love to see is i just love to see Vertanen and him change positions. I'd love to see him drop down with Sutter, and I'd like to see Vertanen go up with Pedersen when he gets back. I just, I'd, I'd like to see that experiment, you know, because I, I truly believe that Pedersen will make whoever he's playing with better. And I like Louis' game in his own end, but he's not producing offensively. Yeah. I, I hate everything he does around the net. 
Like yeah. when you like, it's, it's just soft. It Everything soft. he does around the net soft. is soft. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it, it really it's bothersome. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he, he needs to go and like lift a few weights. And he can't and, keep know. up. He can't keep up with that other line, right? Like of Barchi Horvat, he can't keep up with that line. No, no. I think Brock is even a step behind on that line right now. Mm. Just just with keeping up pace wise. Now, like I mean, the guy had a back injury. He ripped up the beauty league, but who cares about that? But, like, it's nice to see Brock finally finding his game and, and scoring those goals from areas that everybody just absolutely, like, basked in last year when, when he was scoring from the I areas. mean, I said it today to some people. might have been you. I said that I loved how in that game against Pittsburgh there that he – it was like a three-on-one. Yeah. And he could have passed the puck. Like yeah. most people would have passed the puck and then, but he realized that he was the guy that should shoot. Yeah. And he, and that's what he was doing all last year. Right. Yeah. It was like, and that's what I loved about his game last year so much. It was like, he would come down and he would shoot the puck. He wouldn't give a fuck who was on the other side oh, of the man. ice there. Cause he knew he was the yeah. best shooter. Yeah. Right? And, he, and the way he disguises his shot and how crafty he is with getting it off quickly, like using that D man as a screen to get that shot off. Yeah. Like that's how he scores. He scores a lot of those goals. He sometimes he he'll he'll get the puck, he'll turn around and he'll rip it, and the goaltender will be like, "I didn't even know he was gonna shoot it." Ask Roman Yossi, right? You know, yeah. Like yeah. he's done that to some of the best defensemen in the NHL. And I and I said that to another friend last night when I was watching that. I was like, "This guy, he didn't have a shot in that game yeah. against Pittsburgh until that shot." And I was like, "That's all he needs." To win a game, yeah, is one shot, I know. and that's what special players do. Yeah, it'd be right? nice to see him shoot a little more often, but it'll yeah. come, right? Like, yeah, because he's, he's still finding his rhythm, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, he still feels uncomfortable out there at times. I think when I'm watching, and I'm just like, I don't know why that is. It's because of the injury in the off season, everything that goes with it, rehab. Uh, but I think once he gets going, he's still he's a special player. He has yeah. 40 goals written all over him. Yeah, and the know? shot is there. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. we're not worried about the shot. No. It's there. Yeah. 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 Uh, next game, uh, Winnipeg. The Canucks have the Jets. It's the final game of this six-game road trip. Ooh, what do you, what do you, what do you, how are the Canucks going to win this game? <laughs> Just keep doing I, I, what they're I, doing, I hate right? to be – well, yeah, I mean, they got to keep doing what they're doing. But, I mean, this is – if there's any game where, you know, you, you could be prepared to be let down, I think this is kind of the game for them, right? You, they're you, They're right about to go home. Yeah. You know, like this is a this is a thing. This is a common thing where where teams will take their foot off the gas because they're getting ready to go home. Man, we're we're they're also playing against a team that blew a four one lead to the yeah. Edmonton Oilers last yeah. night. I know, and lost in overtime. I know, the, the so Jets they're gonna, are going to be pissed. They're going to be rip roaring yeah. pissed. Yeah, but I mean, a guy like Liney comes out and runs his mouth about the Canucks not playing Fortnite and stuff. Maybe they'll be able to use that as a little bit of fuel. I forgot maybe about they that. want. Maybe they still want to prove the league wrong. You can see it in a guy like Horvat, man. Like Horvat this year, that guy's sick of losing. So if you if you missed that comment at all, it was uh, Patrick Liney was asked about the Canucks and their Fortnite, and I mean everybody in the NHL, I guess, was asked about this because the Canucks weren't allowed to play for or there was some rumor out there they're not bringing games on the road yeah and line a who's a young guy obviously was asked that and he he had the snide remark saying he said gotta blame something for their last season yeah Yeah. so i mean he's a pretty young player to be saying something that brash still but i mean i guess you can do that when you score 40 goals yeah i mean i like the chirp i think it's a great chirp (laughs) yeah but it's just fuel, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, this is, I mean, this is a measuring stick. Nobody expects him to win this game. Yeah. I mean, no one expected him to win uh, the game against Pittsburgh either. They were minus 255 in that game. Yeah. They're very, you know, that's, if you bet on the Canucks straight up, you would have made more than two times your money. Man, how about that third period when they tried to lock it down and get your classic road win with no offense and just all defense? You could tell, you could tell that the dam was going to break, right? Yeah. I mean, you could. It, it was just like they're going to make just some sort of slip up, and then, of course, that happens. But you know what? Full marks to them for coming back in the three-on-three and for Besser just to put the game on a stick and win it. I texted my friend. I'm like, man, if the Canucks could somehow hold on here and win this to win three games in a row over these teams on the road, it's crazy. Yeah, it and is then, crazy. And then friggin' they went down and scored that goal. Malkin, I can't remember who it was. Uh and I was like, I'm an idiot. Why did I say that? Yeah, I you think know? it might have been Haglin. Yeah, Haglin. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Haglin. Yeah. So, anyway, they were able to win in overtime because Brock Besser to the rescue. Hey, C- Crosby you know, didn't get a goal. 
that but, was, and and he's been posterizing the Canucks for years. He has. And to hold that guy off the sheet for for no goals is amazing. And I thought he looked a little soft last night. I thought the Canucks were keeping him out to the outside pretty good. Yeah. You know, which is yeah, quite rare because, you know, he's he's Sid the kid. Um okay, so we've got through the Canucks. I just wanted to rattle off two more things before we finish here. Shoot it. I don't know. This was a media-driven thing, and it was a Toronto-eccentric media-driven thing. But there was a question because Austin Matthews has put up 16 points in seven games, I think, so far this year, just blowing away opponents along with that Toronto team. But people are asking, is Austin Matthews the best player in the NHL? No. I don't think he's even the best player in his team, but... I think he's the best player on his team, but I, mm. I think McDavid is another level. He is. And and you know what, man? Like Ovi, Crosby, like yeah, they're, they're, not, they're amazing not, yeah. players. They're no slouches, no, right? They're not. No, they're not. You know, like Austin Matthews is up there. Like he's an elite, elite player, but McDavid is McDavid's been in on like every he was in every on every goal his team scored. He was in on the first nine goals of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. insane. The Oilers are nothing without McDavid. And I think he had four points in the in the game last night. That's against, ridiculous. Against Winnipeg in the comeback. That's yeah. Really, he he is He's the best, the best player. player in the NHL. Yeah. He's carrying his team. His it's team's not, not that debate. good. His team's not yeah. that good. They're yeah. not. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you Oilers fans out there. Yeah. Your team is the shits. And <laughs> McDavid is keeping you up. And you don't want you don't want to you you know it deep down that this team <laughs> is not that good. All right, hold on, hold on. This is a couple of Canucks fans living off the Oilers. I, I don't know if this is worth going down this road. Hey, I'm not saying they're better than or I'm not saying that the Canucks are better than them. I'm just saying you're the shits. Okay? <laughs> It's funny. I, I it's funny. I was out. Uh, I was out uh, at a call uh, at a. Uh, I was out. Uh, I was at Tent City here in Victoria. I was I'm reporting from this Tent City. I hated being there, but one of the good things about being there was Jordan Cunningham, who's the uh, he's a reporter anchor for CTV Vancouver Island. He's a massive Oilers fan, and we're there talking about the Matthews thing. So you know me, I like to. I'll I'll hop in there trying to make him feel good about himself, right? I'm like, yeah, man, that McDavid, uh, that McDavid Matthews debate, stupidest thing I've ever heard, yada yada yada. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, of course he agreed with me. And then I was like, so uh, the Oilers are playing Winnipeg, pretty tough game tonight, hey? What do you think? He's like, yeah, they're probably gonna spank us pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they came back and won that game though, so full props to the Oilers there. How about Kurt, too? He's been pretty quiet to start the season. The guy in our building who's a massive Oilers fan, he hasn't had much to say. And in in the preseason, yeah, he was getting a little chirpy, wasn't he? He was getting yeah. a little chirpy. He's, uh, he's a guy that we work with. He works for, well, I guess he's a freelancer for the Edmonton Journal. So he writes uh, and blogs about the Oilers every game. He live tweets every Oilers game. Mm-hmm. I read it. I watch it. And I like, he's up and down like any other fan, which I think is, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And I find it hilarious. He and knows though. He's a, he's a smart guy. Like, he also he knows, knows that his team's not that good. Yeah. That's why yeah. he's been yeah. kind of silent at the office, yeah. you know, I'll close that door over there. Yeah. Kurt. Sorry, Kurt. If you're listening, I know you're not, but if you were, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kurt. Um, here's the last thing I wanted to uh, get to. Um, I just thought we should take a moment to uh, speak about uh, Paul Allen, who died uh, this week, uh, 65 years old, uh, former founder of and CEO, uh, co-founder and CEO of Microsoft. Um, but we know him because just massive sports fan. And I think yeah. he really, like... Whether or whether like directly or indirectly, he's affected sports here in this market. He has in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, hundred like, percent. He has he owns the Seattle Seahawks and he owns the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Like, and he I think he even has a, a stock in the Timber as well, the MLS team. Yeah, there. I think I think they have stock as well in the Sounders. Also, yeah. Microsoft as a whole, right? Yeah, like, yeah. True. Yeah, so uh, Paul Allen, uh, you know, he was he was he was all around good guy too. He's a philanthropist. He was a big rocker too. Big, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like he had his own rock and roll museum. Like, yeah, this guy was an exceptional. The EMP guy. Museum in Seattle is yeah. crazy cool. You Have there? you ever been? No, it is insane, man. Like, you got to give full marks to that guy for like making Seattle like a really cool, like hip 
city not only for like music but for like sports like seattle as a sports town is a great sports town and full marks to paul allen for that that guy is a giant in the pacific northwest and he will be missed like he and i know 65 yes i know so young yeah cancer uh brain cancer uh he he and i know that he had uh, him and Francesco Aquilini, like they talked quite a bit and they talked about doing things together as yeah. well, you know, because the Seahawks were good when the Canucks were good in yeah. that run as well. Like, I think uh, I think he has a lot of ties in this market as well. And he's going to be missed. Like, there's talk about the Seahawks being sold to someone else now. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I mean, they it's, were, just, it's sad. They were even know? like, I, I think he prevented a sale of the Hawks down to L.A. at one time. Like, he kind of saved the Seahawks. And yeah. like... He, him and his group, like they built the twelve up. I know you're not a big fan of like the twelve. This, as, like, this a goes thing. beyond that, though. But right? like yeah. for him to come down and to yeah. build that sports culture and to come to like you, how many Seahawks games did you see Paul Allen like pull the flag out and wave it? Right, like diehard sports fan, yeah. giant in the Pacific Northwest, actually legitimized this this whole area as like a place where people like love their sports. Absolutely, and they're gonna have a hockey team now as yeah. well there, and it's just yeah, and I think they're gonna have a basketball team there. It will again. Soon it's gonna yeah. happen, you know. Yeah. And maybe the maybe Vancouver will have a basketball team again now, you know, like because of that, this Northwest that is now legitimate, yeah, you know, for major sports. Huge, I, huge player in that. Yeah, and so I just want to take a moment to uh to to talk about Paul Allen there that uh, he will be missed. And uh yeah. So that's between the stammers. It's October 17th, so it's a Wednesday when we're recording this. Hopefully get this out tomorrow, and the Canucks have a game against Winnipeg. Uh, Kirby, where can we find you? At Kirbyman23 on Twitter, and if you want to email us, between the stammers at gmail.com. You can find me at Art Aronson, uh, A-R-T-A-R-O-N-S-O-N. That's obviously the same on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be on another roller coaster next week because that's just the way the 82 game season rolls.